yo, welcome to the show. This is Chris to Chris, the only podcast that promises to fix your life and then maybe doesn't do it so much. We are going to give it a shot, though. I am your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by my producer, audio engineer, best friend in the whole wide world. Mike is in the building. Say hi, Michael. Hey. Great energy, Mike. You guys might know me from YouTube. Chris vs. The World is my comedy channel. Laser Lemming is my gaming channel. Uploaded.com brings them all together like one great big happy familia. Don't forget that you guys can subscribe to the show. Chris to Chris for new episodes every single week. Every single Friday we got a new episode. We are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Podcast Republic, etc, etc, etc. Anywhere you want a podcast we are there including Uploaded.com where you can download the episodes directly to your phone, tablet, PC. You could stream it. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Technology's there, and so are we. We got a great show for y'all today. Today we're talking about ear violence, taking chances, drainage dinosaurs, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and a whole lot more. But first, let's address the elephant in the room. Last week, I thought it would be fun to share a popular episode from... uh, 1998. Chris to Chris has been around a long time, and one of our most famous episodes from 1998, I thought, deserved to get a replay. And because it's 2019, I decided to do some, you know, remastering to bring the audio up to the quality standards you might expect from a show like Chris to Chris. And in the process, uh, your your hearing may have... uh, been slightly damaged. I, I take no 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 uh, fault for that. But uh, keen listeners might have noticed that during the radio segments of the show, they they were going deaf because of a loud noise that sounded like a microphone left next to a speaker or demons vomiting. And some people weren't too happy about this, uh, myself included. So first of all, my bad. Uh, before I exported this episode, it did not sound like I was trying to kill you. In fact, I, I double-check and I triple-check every time I, I, re- I record and edit an episode. I like to check everything to make sure it's up to snuff before I send it out to live on its own in the internet. However, things did not work out so well last week. Uh, I don't want to get too too deep into the the weeds of how this whole thing works, but if you have a mouse on a computer, you might have noticed a scroll wheel on it. Some program, some software, allows you to change drop-down menus by scrolling over a drop-down menu, even when you don't want it to change. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So after I checked everything off, played it multiple times to make sure it was it was good, What I think happened was I accidentally moved a scroll wheel over an effects tray and it just caused everything to sound like hell. And I didn't catch that because as much as I double and triple check, I'm not always great at quadruple checking, you know? So we don't want that to happen again. And you might not care what I'm saying because you might not even be able to hear me anymore. But that's why... Mike will be transcribing each episode with sign language going forward. No. We'll talk about it later, Mike. In the meantime, we got to move on to the tip of the week. And uh, this week's tip 
is say yes to opportunity, but no to bullshit. So I'm not the oldest man on the planet. I have never made any claim to be. But I'm also not the youngest either. So I've had some experiences. I've tried to make it a point, especially over the last uh, few years. I've tried to make it a point to say yes to new opportunities because I don't like the idea of dying and wishing I had tried something different. Because I don't think anybody on their deathbed is saying, wow, I'm so glad that I didn't ask that person out or thank God I never went skydiving. I think it's rare that you regret taking a chance on something. Because even if you fail, you know that you stepped outside of your comfort zone and you tried something new, right? And I've talked about it a little bit already, but I've got this supervisor-ish position at my job now. And it's not because I love the idea of being a supervisor and having people suddenly hate me for no reason. That's not why I took it. I said yes to the supervisor position because of this principle I was just explaining. Take chances on new things, especially if you're not satisfied with your current place in life. And I think it's fair to say that I wasn't satisfied. Otherwise, I wouldn't have taken the position. I think that some people can work a terrible job, make terrible money, and be happy as hell. Because some of the dumbest people that I've ever met are also happier than I could ever imagine. Happier than you or I would ever be because ignorance is truly bliss. That phrase didn't come from nowhere. I don't think that's me though because I consider myself far too wise and egotistical for any of that sort of nonsense. So I wasn't happy in my position at work, right? It wasn't a terrible uh, job by any means, but it wasn't a good one either because I felt like I was a drone doing the same repetitive tasks day after day after day after day. So I, I wanted a way out before the opportunity uh, came to me, right? So when the opportunity did come, I had to make a choice, you know? You could stay with the hell that you currently know or take a chance on the hell that you don't know. And it's not like I love my new position or anything, but I am happy to at least change things up a bit. My day-to-day -day has gotten a lot different. And that wouldn't have happened if I had said no. I think about it sometimes, actually. Uh, I think, well... You know, if I did say no, if I had said, no, I don't want this position, I probably would be regretting it right now. I probably would be doing the same thing I was sick of doing and just looking at what could have been. Even though right now I'm not going to say I'm thrilled with what is, if I hadn't taken it, I probably would have been pining for the opportunity that I had missed. So... I think it's important to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone in order to move forward in your life. That said, sometimes you need to know when to say no. If you were Barbara Bush, the time to say no was every time someone cooler than you offered you drugs, right? But if you live in the real world, the time to say no is when someone offers to waste your time. Now, I value few things more than my time. For example, I don't want to spend multiple hours of my day traveling to and from work because that's a significant portion of your life just staring at taillights on the, the freeway. I don't like that. I don't like that. It actually took me a while, though, to fully appreciate that. But that's why I moved closer to my job. I don't like wasting my time 
doing the same thing. It, it, it's awful. It's awful. It's a significant portion of your life. It's a percentage of your life right there. Especially if you're doing it, uh, if you're going to work for 40 hours a week, you're spending a lot of time doing that, right? I don't know if I can uh, beat this horse to death enough. <sighs> but there was a time when I was desperate to find a new job. And what I would do is reach out on Facebook constantly. It, it would be like an almost daily ritual where I would just post on the timeline, you know, if you have a job, if your job is looking for, uh, if is looking to hire, you know, I'm interested, give me a hookup, give me an interview. That's what I want. I want an interview. I want to be able to prove myself. It didn't work out so well because I was doing this for years, right? One day, a guy I knew from high school answered the call. He told me that he could hook me up at the company that he worked with. And that was kind of exactly what I was looking for. So I was interested in it, right? And I talked to him on the phone about it. I asked him what the company was. And he said it was something like, oh, oh, oh they're, they're a good company that makes products to uh, improve people's health. And that was my first big red flag because he was being way too vague. And unfortunately, I had to get to the interview for all the other red flags to pop up. And I made the mistake of letting him drive. The uh, interview place was uh, about, well, it was about, I want to say like 45 minutes at least from where I lived. So it wasn't super close, not extremely far, but when you're broke, Every gallon of gas hurts, hurts the bank, hurts the old pocketbook. So I said, yeah, okay, you can drive, you can drive. I don't know this place, you can drive. But letting him drive also meant that I was trapped because I couldn't leave without this fool. It was my ride. But I I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. The, the, the dude drives me and some other guy that I've never met before out to this office park in Azusa, California. And there's this expensive sports car parked outside. He tells me that the head of the company owns it, which is red flag numero dos, if you're counting. So I get inside, and there's about, I want to say 30 people waiting in this small lobby for the presentation to start. And at this point, the red flag factory had gone out of business, and the sirens were blasting in my ears because desperation got me to this point right here. So my friend introduced me to a guy that worked for this company. He tells me all about me. He said that he saw my YouTube videos and he thinks I'd be great for this job. And at this point, it's extremely obvious that I've been kidnapped by a pyramid scheme and I just wanted to go home. Finally, they open the doors and they corral us into this uh, slightly bigger room with chairs and a, a projector, and the presentation starts. I thought I was there for an interview, but I, apparently I was there for a presentation. Some dude comes out, and he gives a spiel about these bullshit vitamins they're selling, developed by, I don't remember his name, Dr. Dickhole or something. And I shit you not, this guy starts defending pyramid schemes in the middle of his presentation. And during this entire speech... Everyone that brought somebody there, like the guy that drove me there, all of those people were sitting in the back. 
and they'd all cheer like banshees every time this dude said something that he thought was profound or uh, could make you rich. And after he's done with his snake oil pitch, they break everyone up into small groups and start trying to sell us on getting rich. And every time somebody would take the bait, which was a $400 plus commitment, they'd announce that a new partner has joined the team and everyone would cheer. And I think that's kind of funny because when I go to an interview, I don't expect to leave promising the interviewer hundreds of dollars. But I guess times have changed. So at this point, I'm pissed, right? My group leader was actually the same dude that did his homework on me with the YouTube videos. So he and I spent uh, around the next hour or so arguing why this was not a good idea. Or in his case, he, he thought it was a good idea. I, I told him that, yeah, I don't have $400 to do this. And he'd say, well, come to our seminar on Saturday and we'll teach you how to get money. Which was more vague bullshit, you know? I, I, I pressed him on that. Like, how? How are you going to get me money? <laughs> Isn't that what this whole thing was about? Getting me money? But no, you want my money. You're going to teach me how to get money? To give you money? It's, it's, it's some faulty logic. So, my biggest mistake here was that I was being too damn nice. I was too nice to the guy that invited me to this because as soon as I realized this wasn't an actual interview, I should have told him to take me home. However, back of my head, I knew that wasn't happening either because he brought this other guy with him. You know? You're screwed. You're screwed. I guess I, I, could, have, I could have threatened him in some way, but that just doesn't seem couth. Anyway, I was too nice to the guy that brought me there, but I was also too nice to the people running this thing. Because if someone gets on stage and tells you that, hey, pyramid schemes are good, that person is not your friend. Point blank, they're not. And there's no reason to pretend like they are. And like I said, I just wanted to leave. And this was pre-Uber. But even if it wasn't, it was. But even if it wasn't pre-Uber, I probably wouldn't have used Uber because it would have cost me a ton of money to get back home. And the only reason I was there in the first place was because I was broke, right? So after spending an agonizing amount of time arguing with this guy, we finally left. I, I dangled like a maybe or, or something in front of the guy. And it's not because I wanted to give him $400. I absolutely didn't. I didn't have $400. I was never going to give him $400 for some shitty vitamins, right? I think I did it because part of me wanted to waste their time and give them the same false sense of hope they had given me before... I had ever been brought to this place. So no, I, I, never, I never called them. I never talked to them again. But the moral of the story is that you should say yes to the things that matter. Things that can make a difference in your life. Things that can change things for the better. But you should also say no to wastes of time. Sometimes being nice isn't worth it at all. Especially when these people are not respecting your time. Years later, a friend from college called me up out of the blue and tried to sell me on some pyramid scheme that he got wrapped up in. But because of this experience that I just explained to you, I was done with that. Absolutely done. I, I could see it coming from a mile away as soon as, as soon as he uh, called me out of the blue. Like, well, we never talked. 
We never talk. And all of a sudden you want to talk to me about a job opportunity? And it, it, it got it got real, real quick. So I laid it out very bluntly and to the point. I said, look, I'm not interested, but good luck. So do that. Be blunt with people. Don't be an ass, but respect your time. And say yes to cool stuff. Anyway, we got to move on to a little thing I like to call Video Game Corner. And in this corner... Sonic the Hedgehog. A while back, we mentioned uh, that a live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie was coming out this year. Now, we don't know a lot about it, but what we do know is this. Movie stars Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, the villain of the Sonic the Hedgehog universe. And uh, it also stars the, the rich dumbass from Parks and Rec. He's uh, voicing Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, it also stars... Uh, this uh, it's it's a buddy cop movie between Sonic and a, a human man, and the human man is uh, one of the one of the guys from Westworld, and I, I I'm sure that this movie is not going to be good, right? That there's a, a very high chance this movie will not be good, but I don't want that. I don't want this movie sucking to give you a false impression of Westworld. Westworld is a very good show. Anyway, uh, they've been very vague about this movie. You know, I was talking about how being vague can be a big red flag. Here's another red flag. This movie has been very vague in its marketing. For a movie that's coming out this year, you think they would have officially shown off the main character by now? But no. I, supposedly it's coming soon. Anyway, they, they've released a, a, a few posters. One with just a silhouette of Sonic. You don't see his face. Just a, a blue and black silhouette. And another poster with uh, Sonic's open legs lying on top of the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. So, yeah. It, it, it looks like this may have all changed, though. Uh, there was a, a leak this week that showed off marketing materials for the movie, and the leak looks like it's probably legit. Sonic looks really, really stupid. I, I, I might try to get some images up on upandloaded.com or maybe even the thumbnail for this episode, if we can do that. That's part of fair use, right, Mike? I think so. Anyway, uh, these pictures, everything about them is why you should not try to make Sonic the Hedgehog into a live-action movie. Because it turns out, it turns out, get this, it turns out that trying to make an anthropomorphic hedgehog fit in with the real world gives you really dumb-looking results. He's got these muscular arms and legs because, you know, it wouldn't make sense for a talking blue hedgehog to have scrawny limbs, right? That wouldn't make any sense. He also doesn't wear gloves because that would be silly. That would be silly. Instead, they made his hands white because that's more realistic. You want to be, you want to, you want to cater to realism in your Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Good news here is that he's wearing Nike trainers because you wouldn't want your mascot to be wearing some generic sneaker, right? Not when there's money to be made with product placement and Sonic's all about the dollar bills, baby. Granted, uh, this could all be uh, rumors at this point, but it's starting to sound more and more legit. So I want to say look out for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie in your local Redbox or Walmart DVD bin later this year. Anyway, we got to move on here. Earlier, I was talking about the ear pain last week's episode may have caused some listeners 
Well, I've got two pieces of good news for you guys. First, the issue has been corrected, and you can now re-download it to listen to all the sweet jokes you might have missed while you were holding your head in agony. And I'm sure you're going to get right on that. Second is if you still have the original MP3 file, you might be sitting on digital gold. I thought about this. And mistakes are actually huge money makers. You guys have heard of like misprints, right? Maybe on a, a, a basketball card, baseball card, Pokemon card, a misprint could be worth a lot of money, especially if, well, not especially, really only if it's been produced by the official creator of the product, right? Nobody cares about a misprint uh, uh, bootleg. Nobody cares about that. Let me give you an example here. According to AOL.com, you guys remember AOL. In the year 1631, around 1,000 copies of the King James Bible were produced. And for the Seventh Commandment, there was a bit of a uh-oh. The Seventh Commandment in this Bible stated, Thou shalt commit adultery instead of thou shalt not commit adultery, right? So they, they were encouraging adultery in this, in this version of the Bible. Rumor is that the, the guy who, who uh, wrote it had an axe to grind with somebody and he, was, he, he, he lost his publishing license or something after this happened. But anyway, they, they, they called this Bible the Wicked Bible. And uh, old King Jimmy ordered that all of these Bibles be burned. However, about 11 of them survived. And those Bibles are now worth about 100 grand each. So you guys might see where I'm going with this, right? Here's another example for you, just to drive the point home. About five years ago, get a little bit more recent than 1631. About five years ago, it was around 2014, Nintendo started selling these Amiibos for uh, the Wii U and 3DS. They're toys to life, right? And one of the Amiibos they sold was Princess Peach. And I, I think it was one or maybe a few of them were missing legs. At least one of these Princess Peach Amiibo toys was missing her legs. So she was fully Princess Peach from the waist up. But she didn't have legs. And some jerk-off spent 25 grand on eBay to own that legless toy. 20 cents of plastic for 25 grand. Those are some pretty good margins. So I figure that my limited-run ear-killer of a podcast has to be worth a few bucks, right? Right? I mean, it was only available for a little while. That makes it limited-run. And... Some people would say that it's flawed, sort of a misprint, if you will. But flawed equals sales. We've just established that. Practically a court of law. We've just established that. So I'm now putting up this original MP3 file of Chris to Chris, episode 22, on eBay for collectors. And I think it will be very difficult to prevent people from selling their MP3 too, or giving it away for free, maybe. But I kindly ask that you don't do this because I need the money and I know that the good people of the internet would never try to hurt a fellow web surfer. So please, please, please don't try to screw me over here. Anyway, we got to move on to a little thing I like to call the news. Oh, 
Lake Blackshear, Georgia. A 13-foot, 4-inch alligator was found in an irrigation ditch out there in Georgia. Gator weighed about 700 to 750 pounds. And I'm using the past tense. The gator weighed instead of weighs because this poor son of a gun has been euthanized. See, after being found, the Georgia Department of Natural Resources, or DNR, they noticed that this gator had some bullet wounds in him. And I'm going to be very clear. It really pisses me off when I hear that people are throwing away a perfectly good alligator just because it has a few bullet holes in it. Brent Howes of DNR said, You're perfectly safe. These animals exist. They've been here for centuries, and they're going to continue to. Sorry to get all Einstein on you, Brent, but alligators have been here for 80 million years, according to National Geographic. That's more than a, a few centuries, buddy. But uh, he was referring to the fact that people shot this gator because he's assuming that they shot it because they were scared for their life. But he's saying gators are not our natural predators. They like eating whatever gators eat. I mean, what's his name? Steve Irwin. He wasn't killed by a gator, and he, he wrestled them for a living. He was killed by PETA. Rest in peace to Steve Irwin. He just celebrated a birthday. PETA pissed all over it. In other news, the Cuyahoga County Public Library has received an overdue copy of Life magazine and a check for $100 to cover the late fees. Magazine went missing in 1968, and it has finally been reunited with the place it was first stolen from, I think. Uh, the, the thief left a message stating, I stole this magazine from the Parma Ridge Road Library when I was a kid. I'm sorry I took it. I've enclosed a check for the late fee. 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Now, on one hand, I think this guy grossly overpaid for a magazine that he didn't even get to keep for more than 51 years. All right? On the other hand, I think he got rid of the magazine because the investigation was getting too hot for him. Every day, for 51 years, this guy must have been sweating bullets. Library detectives were probably closing in on him, right? He could have been a dead man any day now, but instead... He ditched the dope before it took him down. 100 bucks might seem like a lot for a stolen magazine, but it's dirt cheap for your freedom. Anyway, you might remember that a few minutes ago, I put up the original cut of episode 22 on eBay to make some bucks, make some scratch. As of now, it is not going so well. I listed the MP3 with a, a buy it now price of $250,000 and the current bid is at zero, zero dollars. <sighs> I know it's only been a few minutes, but I'm going to be honest, things are not looking so good. Uh, it's really starting to seem like people are not interested. Paying a quarter million dollars for an MP3 file with an obnoxiously loud digital effect that you could easily replicate for free. Hmm. Weird. But obviously I think this is concerning. 
if my fans aren't willing to take out a second mortgage for an MP3 that never should have existed, I don't even know what I'm doing this for. I'm going to have to take a close look at my life and my priorities, maybe uh, cut back around here with the whole intern situation again. Anyway, we got to move on to a little thing we like to call listener questions. This week, we've got three great questions from our man, Ken. First question from Ken is, if every cloud has a silver lining, how do they stay up in the sky? Great question, Ken. Now, you guys have heard this phrase, every cloud has a silver lining. The phrase is very, very old. And clouds were mined of all of their silver years ago. Little known fact. See, clouds used to live on the ground with us people and animals and oceans. They used to say, from Africa to the clouds, it's just a short walk away. And that's because people would go, they would walk to the clouds, or sometimes hike to the clouds. Eventually, they would have to hike to the clouds. See, as the clouds, they, they started on the ground, right? They had silver in them. And the more silver you mined from the clouds, the lighter the clouds got. So the clouds would start moving upward. They would elevate. And you've seen clouds, I'm sure. You've seen clouds that are in the mountains. Those clouds still have trace amounts of silver in them. So all the clouds, most clouds, had their silver depleted years and years ago. Decades, centuries ago. And so now, clouds live up in the sky. They rose to the heavens. It's basic science, really. Second question from Ken is, if you were born in a different year, how old would you be? Now, this might have been one of the toughest questions I've ever had to answer, but I did the math. I thought it out. Got out the calculator and everything. If I was born in the year 2002, I would be celebrating my 17th birthday this year. See, I recently discovered that a large number of people were born after 9-11. And I will never know what it's like to be one of those people. I had no idea. Did you guys know? Mike, did you know? Did you know that there are people that weren't around when 9-11 happened? See, for, for, for me, 9-11 is the uh, big tragic event that happened in our country, right? Now, some countries, seriously have to deal with tragic events on a regular basis. I guess we do, too. I mean, on a grand scale. 9-11 was uh, my generation's uh, he, uh, uh, Pearl Harbor. I was going to say Hiroshima. But, jeez, man, that, that really puts things into perspective. Their 9-11 was a lot bigger than ours. Jeez. Whew. Well, that's a bummer. Uh, Ken also asks... What is your favorite sitcom from the 90s? I got this one locked down. No questions needed. Well, except the question that brought me to this answer. Favorite sitcom from the 90s is The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I, I, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Because it's the sitcom I, I would watch ad nauseum. If it, was, if it was on Hulu right now, you know I'd be watching every night before I go to sleep? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, I'd be watching that. It's just a funny show. It's a funny show. Just funny. And they knew when to end it. You know, a lot of sitcoms will beat the horse to death. And, you know, Fresh Prince went through its ups and downs a little bit. But throughout it, it was mostly a pretty consistently funny show. You know, they, 
They fired their Aunt Viv. Got a new Aunt Viv. But outside of that, I mean, they also fired their baby, Nikki, and got an older baby, Nikki. But outside of that, man, it was a consistently funny show. Like I said, they didn't beat it to death. They went six seasons, and uh, old Willie Smith was getting too too popular for his own good. He's like, well, might as well go out on top. And then he started making Alien movies. So, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is my favorite sitcom from the 90s. Speaking of that, speaking of that, last week on our Facebook page, we asked, what was the best thing in the 90s? And we offered Fresh Prince as an option. 25% of our listeners said that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was the best thing in the 90s. 75% of our listeners said that Leashes for Children were the best thing in the 90s. You guys remember those? Of course you do. You guys are probably, you, you might even have a leash on your back right now. We have a poll this week, too. Make sure you vote on it on our Facebook page. This week's poll is, what is your favorite kind of pyramid? Don't forget that you guys can subscribe to this show and follow up and load it on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them. We are up and loaded, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D. You guys have been great. It's been a little bit of a, a longer story time of an episode. But I thank you guys for joining me. Promise not to, to hurt your ears. I love you guys so much. Uh, this has been episode 23 of Chris to Chris. Hey, enjoy your weekend. Or else. <laughs>